We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Knicks all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. All right, so the Knicks go two and one so far on this road trip. And they lose tonight, 111 to 101. And hey, guess you can't win them all. The Knicks now are, is it correct? Do we go now? Eight and eight is our current record. Four and five on the road. I see Alex. Alex, are you in here? Oh, here we go. What up, JD? What up? What up? Fantastic the job. Lifesaver. Fantastic job doing the broadcasting play by play. Thought it was excellent. I was tuned in. Good work. Unfortunately, the Knicks could not gr- give you the give you the gift of giving you a win on the first ever KFTV play by play calling. Yeah, it's not the same as like a watch along as you talked about. It's uh, you know, more casual when CP's here and whatnot, but salute to you, bro. Did a great job. I wish I could say the same thing for the Knicks, though. Wish I could say the same thing for the Knicks. Knicks had to fall 111 to 101. My goodness gracious, bro. I don't know what we just watched from the first quarter. Knicks couldn't buy a bucket, man. They couldn't hit the broad side of a barn the way they were shooting. They started to get their stuff together in the second quarter. You started to see it come around, right? You started to see them kind of pick up speed thanks to Julius Randle being able to shoot a little bit better in the second quarter. You have Jalen Brunson just being able to get to the line and knock down his free throws. Third quarter would come around, and we just go back to square one, man. It just goes back to square one. Couldn't shoot, and then the fourth quarter, we all know how it ended, man. Just continued to f- – they couldn't shoot at all. And then you have RJ struggling, man. It was it was tough. Everyone was struggling, though. Everyone was struggling. You could say that. Except for, like, I guess, 
once again, Brunson, because he got to the line. RJ got to the line towards the end, but still went six for 19. Randall, seven for 15, started to lose it down the stretch of the game. But, man, you would think only Jericho Sims showed up tonight. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, the the Warriors are now seven and one at home. So you knew, you know, national television. I just try to pour a drink on my cup, but I had the the cap on. So that tells you how my night's going. And uh, (laughs) I'm like, hold on. Why is my cup not filling up? It's because I'm trying to pour some with the cap on. Um, Mm -hmm. The Knicks, uh, you know, Golden State, you know, national television game. They just lost their last game and they were six and nine before tonight. You did a great job with the game preview. So, you know, as I watched that, I saw that there's there's a little bit of adversity hitting the Warriors early on this season. So my concern was, you know, a game like tonight is a game that they can get back on track. The Knicks coming off back to back games where they go two and zero. You know, when you go on a long road trip, those middle games of a you know five six game road trip is when you get tested, and 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 you know a game like tonight, Friday night on national TV. Um, the Warriors going into night six and one at home. I just thought it was going to be a tough game. And, uh, and, and, you know, when you really think about it and you look at this, you know, the final numbers, you know, as I mentioned a few moments ago, I mean, if I told you that, you know, Curry's going to score 24 points and you're going to get, you know, 20 points from Clay, and, you know, I guess, and Jordan Poole's going to go five of 17 from the field and 13, like, this turned out to be not a bad game in terms of the ability to potentially win and upset this team. Mm-hmm. But when you shoot 34% from the field and you go nine of 34 from three, you're not going to give your chance to win. Not only this game, I don't think you could be the Orlando magic with these numbers, you know? So RJ Barrett, one of six, Brunson, one of five, um, you know, Obi Toppin with an offer tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly, 0 of 5 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, 27 minutes. I mean, that's the thing with quickly, man. I, I guess we'll, we'll talk a little bit later about some of these trade rumors that happened to, uh, this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but with quickly, I, I wanted to be more of a consistent shooter because I know the whole plus minus and all that stuff. But when you're looking at becoming a contender and taking that next level, you look at some of this, you know, these young players on the Knicks, um, the perimeter guys, you can't have a team with this many potential inefficient players, right? Like RJ's battling inefficient, uh, you know, criticism at this point. So you have him locked in. Uh, you can't have him quickly. Like you can't have so many guys on your perimeter be inefficient and think that that's a long-term recipe for success. Um, and maybe this is why the Knicks are exploring um, upgrading the roster. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, the Knicks go 2-1, um, tough night. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 32-34 of 34 was impressive at the free throw line, but they couldn't hit a, a shot tonight. Yeah, it's great when you get to the line, J.D., but you got to hit your shots, you know, from the field as well. And you mentioned they went 30 for 87, 34.5% from the field, 9 for 34 from three, 26.5% from three-point. It's difficult, especially when you play a team like the Warriors, when you know they can catch fire 
anywhere on the court. I mean, you had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and you had Jordan Poole just being able to knock down threes at an, uh, at a good rate tonight, which really put the pressure on the Knicks to try to keep up. Thankfully, they can get to the line, but you're not going to be able to win the game by just being able to get to the line. If they were able to knock down their shots and get to the line, it's a different game. But by being able to get to the to the line, that's why it was only a 10-point game, you know, and, and why they kept it so close. But, look, also defensively, this team, it's tough, man, when you got to play the Warriors, you know. And, and, and you mentioned on the broadcast earlier, you got to watch out for Klay Thompson. Klay came out three for four in the first quarter. Like, defensively, this is just a tough team to guard when everyone's just hitting. And Steph Curry, you saw Cam had the – he had the he had the role of guarding Steph tonight. And one-on-one matchup, I thought he did a pretty solid job. It's when Steph is off ball. That's the biggest thing for, for most defenders because Steph can just – he knows how to weave in and out of screens, how to just relocate on the court and find open shots. Same thing with Clay. It's just difficult for if you're not used to playing teams like that who can do it at such a high level. So for the Knicks defensively, it was just that's why if they they weren't hitting their shots, but defensively too in the first quarter they were just giving up so many open looks. And once you had to, once you're getting the Knicks flustered on defense, trying to guard guys like Steph and Clay or or whoever from behind the arc. Then you're put. Then you're making it easy for them to just attack the rim and find all, find easy dump off passes to someone like Kevon Looney, right? And uh, like this game, like I feel like it was just tough to expect the Knicks to go on three on a three game win streak, especially going to the to the Warriors' home court. But it was right there, man. It was right there. If they could have only knocked down some of their shots, it just comes down to knocking your shots, man. We're just an inconsistent shooting team. And that's what happens when you have an inconsistent shooting team. You're, you can be in, close, in some close games when you can get to the line, but if you're not hitting your shots, you're just going to be playing from behind the entire time. And, you know, I see here on Twitter that uh, I see a video of Randall. Uh, I guess he's walking into the video that I'm looking at is in the middle of the game ensuing. And it looks like Randall had a cup of tea or something going into the bench or into the locker room. Um, and Alan Hahn is saying that this whole team is literally sick right now. He says it's not an excuse, it's reality. Steve Kerr should be sick that it's only 11 points at half. So it looks like this video was from halftime. And uh, I don't know, man. It, it's We had the stuff with RJ being sick, and Randall kind of alluded to it, but he had a great game. Um, but I don't know if it's – it. Listen, man, um, you know, I played basketball and uh, during my heyday. <laughs> and uh, you can be sick, but, you know, after a, a few days or a week, you know, you just learn how to get through it, right? And, yep. and, and obviously they're not sick enough to the point that they are out of the game. They're playing, right? They're not right. even on the injury report. So, you know – is this a short-term excuse or is this, you know, something that's really affecting them? Um, I will say this, though, Alex. Um, when players that are not superstars, right, you you tend to see superstars in the league overcome injury, sickness, these type of things. That's why they're called great players. 
Um, mm-hmm. I don't know that R.J. Barrett or Julius Randle, some of these guys are considered great players uh, in this league, you know, at least as of yet. And so maybe when you go through those things, it affects players like that more than the great players because that's why they're not great yet. Uh, but in my opinion, listen, you're out there. Um, I can I can see it being an excuse for a game or two. But if you're telling me you, you're playing with sickness, game three, game four, game five, and you're still struggling, then to me it's like I'm not, I'm not buying that anymore. You, you got to find a way to be effective. Um, but, you know, when I look at Jalen Brunson tonight, is this his worst game as a Nick? Two of 13 shooting, one of five. He did hit all eight of his free throws. Um, but you definitely need more efficiency being that you, you're known as an efficient player. But then again, you know, they, they, he drew the assignment of Andrew Wiggins. And I thought that was a good move by Steve Kerr, understanding that if, you know, moving forward, teams are going to look at Jalen Brunson as that guy that if we shut him down, the Knicks offense could be in disarray uh, because mm-hmm. now you're going to lean on Randall. And we've seen over the last few seasons that leaning on Randall doesn't always lead to, you know, the most winning basketball. So um, not a great night. And RJ, man, he continues to struggle. Six of 19. And here's the thing too, man. <sighs> He's been struggling, right? Mm-hmm. How is RJ Barrett the highest minutes player of the night at 40 minutes. <laughs> I, I just don't get it, bro. How does he play 40 minutes? I feel like if Cam didn't get hurt and injured his groin, I feel like Cam would have played more. But to get back to your point on playing while sick, if you're sick, just don't play. If you need to rest to play better, and he's looked like he, he's looked labored out there the last couple of games too tonight. I don't think as much as the as the other two games. But if you're sick, just rest, man. Just just don't even play because you're not helping your team when you're just not in rhythm. You're when you're sick, and if you, you can't focus, you're not fully locked in. Things can go, things can go haywire pretty quickly. So him struggling from the field, going six for nineteen, one for six from three. You know, even though he was able to knock down his free throws, he did he did some solid playmaking. You know, he came out with five assists, all right rebounding. But when you're forcing shots just to get it going, and you, this is where we criticize RJ, where if you don't have your shot going, just try to play defense, be more of a playmaker do all the other things, and we've seen him do that before in the past where he can just have a good floor game. And if you can't focus on doing that and you have to force yourself to try to be the score, to be one of the top three guys on the team, you're not helping anybody. If you're sick, just go rest, man. Just go rest. I don't understand why Tibbs is is allowing this when we have Grimes and you we see Grimes come in for, <laughs> for garbage time. So is he is he still recovering? From an injury, what's happening? Is he practicing? This is where, are we really going to just let RJ play so many minutes if if Grimes is fine to play? And we saw Grimes play, you know, eight minutes, five minutes. He didn't play the last two games, but now he comes in here for garbage minutes. What What's happening with Grimes? Because it doesn't make sense that we have him who's on the mend 
from what it seems like, because he's he's getting on the court now, and then you're you have RJ who has been sick. What's happening? It just doesn't make sense to me, man. It honestly just doesn't make sense to me. And yeah, like it, it, this is this this is what I'm saying is with a template coaching is, bro. I understand the the whole you shorten the rotation. That's fine, but once you see that Cam's injury report says he's not going to return, make the adjustments. Get Grimes in there. Like Grimes comes in, plays two minutes, hits his only three point shot. His only shot was a three point shot. He makes it, <laughs> and it's like he's healthy enough to play. You put him in the game, so that means he was healthy enough to play. He's not on the injury report, so. It's like, why don't you slide Grimes into the rotation mid-game? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't understand it. Like, we're not talking about yep. – we're talking about a guy that started for you already this season. So I don't want to yep. hear the whole conditioning excuse. I don't want to hear the whole he just needs to get back to rhythm. Forget all that. Because you, you still put him in the game tonight. And why? Oh, because the game is a blowout, so now it justifies you put him in. So why can't justify you put him in? When the game is, I mean, you were down double digits all game anyways. So why not give him more run? Um, and you could potentially get a spark. You never know, right? I tell you what, um, you might have gotten a better performance than what RJ is giving you right now. And listen, I'm going to say this about RJ. <sighs> um, listen, man, I know you're sick. But here's why I'm not buying it anymore, Alex, because the type, when you're sick, I can understand defensively, right? You're a step slow, you're missing a rotation, you get beat, you know, behind a back door, you know, you're sick. So you're not in tune to concentration. Um, you're, 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 you know, the shuffling of your feet could be a step slower. Uh, you're not in tune to the rotations and all the movement that's happening when you're on the defensive end, right? Because an offense can confuse you, putting you through screens and, and all the switching that um, this defense does sometimes. But offensively, because he's missing shots of which he's needed to improve on, the three-point shot he's missing, around the rim he's missing. Those are two challenges for him even when he was healthy. So because those are two areas that he's missing in this, you know, throughout this struggle, that's why I'm not buying it anymore. It's been Mm -hmm. too long now. And he just doesn't look great right now. And, you know, how many times are we going to use the excuse of, well, he starts slow. Well, you know what? Let's put an end to starting slow. How about that? Right? Can we put an end to that? Because at some point, you have to find a way to just, you know, adjust to to whatever your struggles has been in the past. It can't, we can't just accept that, well, you, you just start slow every year. So what, in year eight, in year five, in year six, we're just going to continue to accept that just because that's been the norm? No, you have to figure out a way to overcome those 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 struggles early on in your career and um mm-hmm. in this era alex i know the whole thing of his age and i know that that's mm-hmm. what we lean on now right we're young players oh he's only 21 he's only 20 he's only 22 and that's a way for us to buy time on a player 
for him to show improvement. But this is a different NBA than in the 90s and the early 2000s where I grew up, right? Like these guys are coming into the league very young and they're getting thrown into the fire early. So even as this is year four for RJ, that's a lot of experience already. And, you know, I'm a little concerned. I'm not going to say that I'm, you know, I'm throwing up the flag or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But I'm a little bit concerned in terms of long-term because I'm still seeing some of the same struggles. And, you know, hey, you know, it, it's that time of the season. People are getting sick. You know, Giants Giants on the NFL side, there were some <laughs> guys that were sick. The kicker is sick. <laughs> but I'm concerned because RJ is struggling in areas that you thought he was going to be better at. And that's why I'm not buying it right now. It's starting to get old with the excuses. And I just want, I just, listen, I have to be objective because we hold Randall to that standard and RJ's yep. getting to that point where I'm going to have to hold him to that standard. If anything, you should have an advantage because you're younger, you have fresher legs, you have, you're supposed to be more, um, you know, talented than 27, 28 year olds. Um, but let's see, man, this is a tough time for RJ. But I also think the coach is not really helping him because if you're identifying that, can you make some substitutions? Can you not play him 40 minutes? You know, so right. I think it's a combination of the player struggling, but I don't think the coaching is doing, you know, and is helping in any matters right now for RJ. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. No, I agree with that. That's a, that's Those are all very valid points, man. And it's fair to be concerned with RJ. It has to stop with this slow start. 
at some point you got to get over it and you got to start the season. I mean, the thing is, is that we always see him start off the preseason looking pretty good, right? Every preseason is like, oh, here's RJ. Oh, here's RJ. And then he, the season comes along and slow start, picks it up around January and he ends the season strong, which is nice. But starting off slow doesn't help this team when you need, especially now that he's gotten that promotion, right? Last year it was Kemba, Fournier, Randall. You had all those guys. Those were your three. That's those are the three that you relied on. RJ was kind of a fourth option, just tucked away in the quarter. Some of the uh, some games, but now since he's part of the three, now that you have to rely on on a nightly basis, he needs to step up his game to reflect that, and we need that out of him. Now moving along to other things, you mentioned Brunson having an uh, inefficient night, and I'm fine with like. Look, that, he's one of the most efficient players on this team, one of the most consistent players on this team. It's He's going to have nights like this where he's going to be off, and I can accept that. You can have an off night, but you pointed out Wiggins, putting Wiggins on Brunson, and I think that's a very big thing, and I don't want to talk too much about this, J.D. I don't want, I don't want every – because we know people tune into Knicks Fan TV. We know, we know coaches prior tuning in right now and trying to figure out what the weakness is, all right? So we don't want to go – we don't want to give him too much, but I get, I get the idea of, like, trying to take Brunson – Brunson out of the game and throwing it off because you're right. We've seen we've seen when you don't have a point guard how this team rolls. But I'm fine overall with him having an off night. He still got to the line as we pointed out. But let's talk about the second unit, man. Like Obi Toppin, Emmanuel quickly. Rough nights for rough nights for for those guys. 05 for quick. 05 for Toppin. They just couldn't get into any rhythm at all. And I mean, even Toppin was missing some easy dunks. My guy. You're missing some easy dunks, bro. Sims found you for a good one, and you couldn't flush that down? Yikes. But, look, like I said, I'm, guys have off nights. They played well beginning of this week. It's a long road trip. They got Portland uh, coming up, and they got OKC. Uh, well, no, Portland. No, they got they got, uh, Phoenix. They got Phoenix on Sunday. They got Phoenix on OKC. Sunday. Then back OKC on Monday. Then they got Portland at the end of the week when they come back Oof. home. So the, the rest of the road trip is still still going on, man. Still going on. And it's it is interesting, Alex, because this is this is <laughs> this is the life of the NBA, right? Like they win their first two games and you know, you get on a high, and now you lose this game and now you're back to being concerned. And this is the thing that this team is battling, is the whole see you see the key words going around Twitter, uh, the word mid, uh, mediocre. Um, you know, things like that. And now when you look forward and you look at Phoenix, you look at OKC, who's playing very well. Um, SGA is, you know, just on numbers uh, alone, he's putting up an MVP like yeah, season. He's beasting. He is beasting. He already put up a great game against the Knicks. And if Cam is going to, not going to be in for the next few games. We'll see Yikes. how that looks. Uh, SGA, you know, uh, you might have to definitely put Grimes in the rotation. He's chopping, you know, he's chopping at the bit to, to play the Knicks. And uh, and then, like you mentioned, Portland. So, like, this is the thing about the NBA, man. When you don't have an identity yet, you don't have a star player, things could snowball real quick. We'll see how the Knicks respond. Um, but, you know, Alex... We heard some rumors today, so mm-hmm. I guess we, I guess we can we can sprinkle that in quickly, right? Um, yep. 
and uh, quickly had a tough night tonight shooting the basketball. He was six of six from the free throw line, six rebounds. He's been rebounding the ball very well this season. Two steals, uh, minus eight on the night. You know, for me personally, quickly has been an enigma for me because a lot of the numbers, you know, the plus minuses is on his favor and all that stuff. So, so I definitely would look to quick to keep quickly if I can on this team, because he's, he's, so, he's improved so much defensively, but here's the mm-hmm. thing. And quickly is very, he's he's like a polarizing player. Cause when you look on the Knicks sure. fan base and Twitter, the people that, that like him, like there's no in between with quickly. It seems like people that like him think he's like the second coming and the people that don't like, just don't like him. Um, it seems to not be no in between with quickly, but I've always said this, Long-term speaking, you're playing a position on the perimeter. Bro, you can't shoot 27% from three, which is what he's shooting right now from three. You can't Mm -hmm. shoot 36 and a half from the field. Quickly has yet to shoot 40% from the field. Overall, he's yet to shoot 40% from the field in his career. Um, And he hasn't even shot 40% from three in his career yet. The highest he shot was his rookie year at 38.9, you know, and Mm -hmm. right now he's shooting just at just under 28% from three. And so I get all the love for quickly, but at some point you got to shoot the ball. What like you were advertised as a knockdown shooter. I got to see some of those numbers tick up to close to 40% from three. I need to see that overall field goal percentage tick up a little Mm -hmm. bit more because again it's all good that you play defense and all that stuff but when you start playing when when you start talking about contention I just need to I just need to be a little bit better shooting the basketball because you know I know he believes himself and I'm pretty sure he thinks he's that he's a starter and all that stuff and and, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure I mean I would be confident his abilities as well but this is what teams are looking at in terms of giving you that opportunity is can you shoot well enough to be a 30 minute starter in this NBA? So um, I think he's, he's a tough decision for this, for this front office. Um, I would look to keep him, but the problem is it depends where you can get, right? Um, you know, they're talking about Rose and they're talking about quickly. They got to Rose. They, they got to pivot, I think, and, and look to move roles and, and just give these young players uh, an opportunity. They got to find a way to get Grimes in the rotation. Uh, but I think long-term quickly has to find a way to shoot the basketball better because if he does, then everything else around them is much more valuable. Um, For sure. And, 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 and that's my thoughts on quick. Yeah, I, and, and to touch on the rumors, it was both quick, Manuel quickly and Derrick Rose, uh, Sham Sharania reported – today that the Knicks are open to uh, to shopping them around. And for Emmanuel, quickly, you talked about his shooting numbers. And the thing is that quickly does, he's improved in all the other areas, right? Strong rebounder, strong defender. He's, he's shown some playmaking. You know, he's a good uh, free throw shooter. When he gets hot from three, he can certainly knock it down. The whole thing is everything inside the arc, right? Does he have a mid-range jumper? No, it's not consistent enough. How about when he attacks the rim? Well, he likes to go from side. He likes to go east and west instead of north and south uh, some nights. And he 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 limits his playmaking when he does that. And even when he goes east to south, he's not looking to always attack the rim. 
He's done a lot better. I will say he's done a lot better using the sw- using the the picks to get the big onto him, so that way he can uh, just attack the rim. He's done a better job at that, trying to wall different defenders and, and understanding how to use a screen. But he he, the, the, it's everything else, man, that has to come together for him. And maybe that is getting more playing time, right? He, I mean, he is getting up to he, like these last couple of games. He had the last. Three games he's average, including tonight, 26, 28, 27. That's going from Utah, Denver to Golden State. Now, prior to that, he's only had two other games, three other games where he's gotten the same amount of minutes. But I feel like for quick, man, it's it's partially needing to get that experience. And we talked about it, Sam and I, on the, the Golden State, on uh, the preview, right? The game of the week preview, where when you have players, especially when they're on the bench, they want to be the guy. And players have to explore themselves what they're able to do on the court and get those type of minutes. Is quickly consistently getting those type of minutes on a night to night basis? No. When you look at when you look at the logs, you start to see 17, 13, 19, 19, 17 again. Like they're all sprinkled in there. And there's nights where he's just getting under 25, that 25 minute threshold. So it makes sense to where, where we're trying to figure out his his progress and where he can be that he's not getting enough minutes to, to get to that spot. With that being said, it's, it's intriguing that they're looking at quickly to move considering that they, they talk about the plethora of guards and I'm just, I'm just, this is where I, this is, you talked about it on the last couple of shows when you're, when you're putting them, putting the front office on a microscope, right? It's you had, and I'm not, Saying I would, I'm not. I would. I was not saying I was going to do this trade. But when you hear quickly and RJ and for Donovan Mitchell talks, and you keep these guys, and now you're open to trading them, when you have questions on like, do you want to keep Grimes? And this all makes sense. Like it all. This all comes back to what. This all comes back to one another. And this is not me being upset that we didn't get Donovan Mitchell. It's just me thinking if you're the front office and you're t- and you're looking at this roster and thinking about minutes and what you want to do to upgrade this roster because. You have a direction that you want to go. If you're trying to go all in and go get the star, and we're looking at when is quickly going to get minutes, when is Grime going to get minutes, like this is this is all the stuff saying, isn't this the calculation you're doing in the front office to think about all this? Isn't this what you're supposed to be wondering and, and calculating? Hey, Tibbs, how do you see yourself using quickly? All right. Is it going to be Evan Fournier that's going to be starting at the two? How are you going to get how are you going to get everyone these these minutes? Because if you're so invested on the young guys, you're going to make sure that these young guys have gotten minutes from the get-go, from the jump. And yeah, quickly we got minutes when he was a rookie. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. But if you want to see them in that starting role, or if you're trying to say that they're a valuable piece to this franchise, then you have to make sure that you're prioritizing them. That's just my thought, man. And it's just, it's just, it's just curious that they want to throw in quickly and not. It's not Obi Top and where he he's getting, where he's the one who's not getting enough minutes, right? Right. This is where they're. This is like what? <laughs> that's the that's the thing, Alex. That's the interesting. That's the interesting aspect of this is how the report today and and it, 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 Shams reported it first, and then Ian Begley confirmed it that they've had some, you know, some talks. It looks like with quickly it's been more so the Knicks receiving calls on interest um, in him and, and that the Knicks will be interested in draft compensation for both. So in other words, if is, you know, both players, you're calling for them, 
we're looking for draft compensation. And that's interesting to me that the Knicks would be interested in draft compensation for both. Now, Ian Begley did clarify that it is not clear that that's all that they would want. I mean, I think Rose, the most you can get is a draft pick um, or a play. I don't know that you can get a combination unless it's like a salary filler, uh, obviously, um, and, and a draft pick, like, you know, like it's a guy that just has a high draft, a high salary to make the deal work. Um, but, you know, when you look at SGA and you look at future potential players, wonder, you know, because this is and this is the tricky thing with Donovan Mitchell is as the NBA goes along, the price continues to go up for the next star, right? And, and that was the reason why the Nets weren't able to trade Kevin Durant because they just didn't get what they wanted. So they said, we're going to keep him. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, I remember at that time, you remember, Alex, people were like, well, don't do it for Donovan Mitchell. Just wait for SGA because you're going to be able to get SGA. Well, <laughs> guess what? Have you seen the way SGA is playing? You think Sam Presti, of all people, is going to ask for the same thing that Donovan Mitchell got? Because SGA is playing 10 times better than Donovan Mitchell right now, at least numbers-wise. And Presti's got a, 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 a Fort Knox worth of draft picks over there. You know what I mean? So right, what is he? right. Does he need more draft picks? I mean, I get he could if he's trying to move all of them and try to get a superstar down the line to to go pair with Chet, SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy, all those dudes. But man, this right? Is, like th- that's the that's the difficulty that you're talking about, man. Yeah, and and and, and the thing is, you know, with um with OKC at some point, you would think that, you know, all this draft pick hoarding that they're doing, they're going <laughs> to, you're going to have to figure that out. Cause they've already drafted a few young guys in this draft. And one of them, Chet Holger is not mm-hmm. playing this season, but they got Jalen Williams. They have a lot of young talent there. Um, you know, people that are waiting for SGA. I don't know if that's going to be, that's going to be happening. I mean, if a guy playing the way he's playing, why would you even want to trade him? Right. Um, you would want to get him excited about playing with Chet next season and see what type of draft pick and players you can draft this season. But the whole point of it is notice how pass up on Donovan, the price for the next guy is going to continue to go up. So are the Knicks looking for more picks because they understand that this is what's going to happen and they want to be equipped to have as many draft picks as possible to trade for the next guy? That's not the way that I would go. I'm not saying that that's how I would go, but Leon is feeling pressure. He's feeling pressure. And if the Knicks are going to be this, you know, up and down team, he's going to have to pick a direction, right? Like you have to pick a direction, you know, and are you going to go for that star? Because you feel like your tenure is going to be identified by that big move that we've always talked about in terms of when Leon makes that big trade, that's how we're going to really evaluate his tenure. Or is he going to pivot and go full youth development and see how that goes? Um, and I think he's getting close to that. And and we'll see how how that goes. But it's interesting that they would put, you know, their guards on the block. But even if they trade quickly, guess what? You still have Obi and Randall here. So how are you going to clarify that situation? So it seems to me, Alex, that this front office right now is acting on the go day to day, right? Like Cam now is playing well. So they may have, is Cam putting pressure on this front office to make and more this decisions? Is where my, 
my man, I'm glad that you brought up camp too, because this is why you play the youth when you knew you were out of it last season. Because Could have figured this, this out back, last year, right, Alex? This, this, go, this goes back to the whole thing. If you want to know that you want to go get down, because the whole point is we didn't know what Cam was, all right? We knew that the only wing at the time, because who we could only evaluate was R.J. Barrett. And we knew we had Grimes, who's a good shooting guard, can guard some threes, but not every three. So, and when you, when for coaches, right, when you look at Tibbs, and I think most coaches around the league, they're looking for players with high floors. They like high ceilings. Don't get me wrong. But their jobs is based on secure. To keep their job secure, they got to know what they're going to have. And a high floor for coaches, especially someone like Tibbs, they're rather go in that direction. We've seen that than someone with a high ceiling because you don't know what could happen, right? We you can even talk, you can even, we can even reference Cam during preseason where it's like high ceiling for Cam, but just erratic when he started off the preseason. Now he's getting a little bit more consistent. We're starting to see better defense. Offense is starting to come there. He's starting to figure out where he fits into this whole lineup. But if we did that last season, instead of just try to win meaningless games, you're like, hmm. We have a wing in Cam Reddish. Are you thinking about moving RJ? Well, maybe you could say maybe hey, they make the deal for Donovan. Maybe they right? make like the deal if they because they have more well, information on Cam. Well, maybe they have you more make information the deal. on Cam. Maybe you have you have more information on Cam. Maybe you say, hey, we don't need RJ. Oh, and you know what? Since we have a plethora of guards too, because we got Grimes, we are okay with moving RJ and quickly. But we're from this standpoint, because we haven't seen Cam get that much playing time, and we only saw the young guys get 11 games towards the end of the season, we're like, wait, wait a minute. We cannot just get rid of the entire war chest because what will we have afterwards? Because we don't know what Cam was going to be. We don't know anything else. And this right. is where as a team, as a franchise, you, when you get all these young players in, this is where the evaluation starts. You know what Randall is. You know what Fournier is. It's not going to change. Fournier is not going to change. Randall is essentially who he is at this point. But when you draft guys and you have them on rookie contracts, when that's when they're at their most valuable to teams, low cost, get some high performance, that's where you got to do that evaluation process. So all this comes together. And you also got to think of like personalities too, like quickly, Cam, RJ, these guys all want to be starters, man. They all want to make sure they get theirs in this league. You have to understand that mindset. This is a, I love how everyone talks that this is a business. Of course, it's going to go to the to the players as well, that they know this is a business. It's not just the front office. It's the players as well. They want to make sure that they're secure in this league. You think Obi Thomas is going to be like, yeah, man, I'm cool again 15 minutes for the rest of my life behind Julius Randle? No. Like, he, he wants to go get make sure he gets his and takes care of his family and do and do that too. So where's the evaluation? Where's the evaluation? You've drafted since since Leon Rhodes has been here. I keep saying it. We have not seen one draft pick be a starter that he's drafted. We have had three first-rounders that have not started. Maybe Grimes would have started this year, this year, but we've had three first-rounders that have not started under his tenure. Yeah, and yeah, that's 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 crazy. Um, you've been here for a few years, and none of your draft picks have been has been a consistent starter. Um, and you know, it's going to be tough. It's this, this is, this is where you have to decide, you know, and and, and the whole cam thing is interesting because 
you could, and it doesn't mean that I still would have went that route, right? In terms of making the Donovan deal. doesn't mean that I would go on that route, but as a front office, you would get more information because I remember when the thought of Cam being a starting small forward, if you would have made the Donovan deal, that was like a laugher. Like people were saying like, well, you're going to have Cam starting at the three? Because like, who else you're going to have? Well, right now, if you knew what you knew now, maybe that didn't, that wouldn't look so bad. And and so, um, I don't know because you know Donovan also is not a player that I I, I would call as a franchise changer like that. Um, Cleveland is nine and six. It's not like they eleven and two. Um, but nevertheless, it's not it's not always about who you could have got. It's it's about how you're operating with what you have, and the yes. way that this front office is operating. And this head coach is operating with what they have. I don't think it's the best recipe because here's the other thing too, Alex. We're now 16 games in. The Knicks are eight and eight. We're 16 games in and we need to get information. We need to get Grimes in this rotation. We need to find out where you get closer and closer to the deadline and you're going to fall into the same trap of not increasing value, not knowing what you have, not knowing what's the best that you can tap into some of these young players. Guess what? We're going to be in no deadline and this front office is going to be scared to make a move. They're going to be scared to make a move or they're going to make a panic move because you don't acquire the most information that you can of what you have. And you can run into a situation where you either overvalue a player that you have or you undervalue a player that you have because you haven't found uh, the information possible. In other words, in the example of Cam, you could have undervalued him and they could have easily gotten rid of him. Um, mm-hmm. To the Lakers, the Lakers were a team reportedly very interested in Cam. What if, imagine you could have given Cam up for a second rounder. How would that potentially look right now if he would have flourished in, in L.A.? You know what I mean? Like these things could happen uh, when you don't acquire the information that you need. And um, I think in the in the case of Rose and the trade rumors, Alex, I think that's a reason quietly why the Knicks have managed his minutes so much is because I think They want to keep him fresh and they want to keep him healthy so that they can potentially move him. Now, this theory, it's only going to make sense if they actually do move him. But I am suspecting that one of the reasons why, you know, Rose plays only 14 minutes tonight and he's been playing these minutes where, you know, some games he has a good game. And then you look at the box where he's only played 14, 13 minutes and you're wondering what's going on. I think there, there could be a method of them trying to keep him fresh and trying to keep them healthy so that they can maximize a potential return. And I just wonder, Alex, the team is already going to be over the cap. You've paid next year. RJ's deal goes up. Randall's deal is, is, is in the middle of it. It looks mm-hmm. like they're not getting any, getting anything for Fournier because I think that's one of the reasons why they quietly also benched him is because they probably put him out there in the market. You saw what Bogdanovich netted. He didn't even net Danny Ainge a draft pick. What do you think Fournier is going to get you? <laughs> Bogdanovich didn't even net a draft pick for Danny Ainge. And he's played well in Detroit. So I think the Knicks looked at Fournier. There's no value for him, so might as well bench him. You're not going to get anything from him. I wonder if they use Rose as a way to add more salary to this team. In other words, Rose is technically an expiring. 
You're going to be over the mm-hmm. cap anyway. You got to make a decision on Cam. Do you take a player on a two-year deal because you're not going to be a player in free agency and you use Rose as a way to get a player that's on a two-year contract and you try to upgrade that way where you're helping a team offload a contract. Rose has a team option, so it's basically an expiring if you want it to be that way. Um, so I'm going to be, you know, it's interesting to see it's going to be interesting to see how they use Rose's contract. Do you just use it to just get rid of him or do you use it to add actually more salary on a player that you think can help the team? And with quickly, listen, it's it's tough because a night like tonight is easy to say, just get rid of him. I would try to use quickly to get a star here in terms of a package deal because he's still a young player. He's still on a rookie deal. So you try to do that. Um, but maybe a draft pick will be valuable because the team that you're getting a draft pick for that draft pick is going to be a rookie contract in itself. And I know quickly is on the rookie contract, but that rookie contract is expiring very soon. I think next year you got to make a decision on quickly. So he may not be as valuable as you think, because next year you got to make a decision on him already. So the Knicks are in a tough situation where they got to figure out what to do. And I think Leon's on the phones because you got to make a decision on this roster, man. This this, this roster is, is too clunky right now. It's too all over the place, man. There's too many players, too much overlap. And look, I think, you know, it, it's easy, like you said, it's easy on nights like this when you lose to the worst. You're like, oh, the front office didn't do this. The front office didn't do that. And I'm not saying this is like the worst front office that we've seen. Um, I think their drafting and their scouting has been, has been on point. Uh, I think... That has been really, I think, because you, when you watch Grimes, when you watch quickly, when you watch Obi, you know, outside of nights like this, to, like tonight, Obi's been an efficient player coming off the bench under 20 minutes per game. You see quickly in what he can offer, especially when his shot is falling. Grimes, we're still waiting, but we know he can be his profile when he does play. It seems like he could be a solid 3 and D player. So the scouting hasn't been bad. We have role players, unlike when you talk about Frank Nelkina, Kevin Knox. Those guys aren't even role players. Those guys are just chilling on a bench, right? So we, we can at least say that the scouting department has improved under Leon's tenure since we've seen under uh, previous regimes. I can at least say that. The managing of the books, the, you know, some trades have worked out. I look at the cam trade that's, as of right now, playing in our favor. The Derrick Rose trade. When they made when they made the four seed, that played in the Knicks' favor. Free agent signings been a mixed bag. I like the Brunson signing, the Kemba and Fournier signing, not so much. You know, resigning Nerlens Noel, not so much. Burke was all right. It's 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 a, it's been a mixed bag overall, and it's it's still you can't fully judge this front office until they're gone. But this right now, from what we saw this past offseason because we know they're looking for a star. They've, they've just been hedging their bets, and it's, t- it's time to cut it. Once again, going back to the preview, right? Even Sam said it's very difficult to have your cake and eat it too, and this is for the Warriors, right? He's talking about that for the Warriors. The Warriors are still trying to be competitive, and you have Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, who all want to get theirs, but Kerr's like, nah, I need you to play this role. I need you to be a role player. 15 minutes off the bench, just be a solid big man. And they're like, look, man, I, I'm a first-round pick. I want to – you're seeing their classmates, like Jalen Green down in Houston, 
just putting up points and figuring out what his game is and how he fits in this league. And yet they're being told I got to be a role player. The same thing goes for the, the same thing goes for quickly Grimes and Obi man. Like it, 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 it applies to them too. And we just got to, the front office got to figure it out, man. It, it, they just got to figure it out because we can stay mediocre. Uh, and we see that when we, when we run up against really good teams, like the Bucks, the Cavs, Celtics, very tough, man. Even the Warriors, who are struggling right now in the West, they're still a good team, man. And, yeah, we beat Utah Jazz. We beat the Denver Nuggets without Nikola Jokic. All good wins. You want to see your, we want to see this team be able to win. I'm not knocking them. You can only play who's in front of you. But where is this team going? Mm. Are you can this front office seriously tell the fan base that we're going to go to uh, Eastern Conference Finals? Because I wouldn't I wouldn't buy that one bit. So you got to look at this roster and figure out what you're trying to do. Yeah, I I, I agree, and uh, you know they 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 have to. It's tough to do that when you have you know a grime still not in the rotation. Um, and you have all these situations and just the handling of them is just a little bit off um, and confusing um, because, you know, it's just tough because Rose is here. He's a respected veteran. Um, but you can make the argument that Grimes should get those minutes, should Deuce get some of those minutes um, because of where you are as a franchise. And uh, but then you have a guy like Rose. How do you? You know, how do you go to a guy like Rose and tell him that, you know, that, that we need to um, we need to bench you? Now, they've already done that to Fournier. See, for, for Derek Rose, man, I can actually say I, I can actually argue that Derek Rose is still important to just have a point guard coming off the bench unless you really want to see Deuce McBride play point guard. And, try, and, and I think as much as I would like to see Deuce get some minutes, his his lack of drive to the his lack of being able to drive to the basket and either draw contact and draw defenses and, and open up shots on the perimeter for his teammates. That's tough, man. Especially if you're gonna have Tibbs as a head coach. And this is all the thing. Like this all comes back to who's your head coach. So I still think Derek Rose is needed because outside of Jalen Brunson, the only other point guard is Derrick Rose. And so I get that they want to move him, and it makes sense. If you're telling me you're going to get a first-round pick for Derrick Rose, I'd be like, probably, yeah, I'm going to trade Derrick Rose. I'm going to get a first-round pick. You know, same thing with, like, Marcus Morris. I just think that with Derrick Rose, how much more does he have left in terms of yeah, – I, I don't think you can get a first-round pick for him just because – a team that's given up a first-round pick for a player, you can't look at just that one year unless you feel like that player is that much of an outstanding role player that he can take you over the hump. So the only way that the Knicks can get a first-round pick for Rose is a contender thinking that Rose is that missing piece off the bench, right? Other than that, you would be it would be ludicrous to give a first-round pick, you know, for Rose just to get, you know, for what? Right. Like, you don't know. Like, I'm speculating when I say that 
one of the reasons he's playing this many low minutes is because they want to keep him healthy and fresh for a move. But what if that's not the point? What if it's it's because of the concern that, you know, Rose is up there in age and he's gotten so much injuries and this is just the way that we have to manage a player at this point of his career. If that's the case, then he doesn't have much value in the open market, right? Because the team that's getting him, if that's what his medicals say, you're only going to be able to play him 15, 16 minutes. You're not giving up a first round pick for any player that's giving you 15, 16 minutes, right? So I think because of that, as an organization, it's not, this franchise, this team is not at a point where we got to look at what's the weaknesses of the roster. Forget all that. Forget what's the weaknesses. Forget that deuce is not a point guard. Sometimes you just got to throw players out there just to evaluate. And I think, I mean, we'll see, right? Like they're eight and eight, right? So we'll see what what this road trip, um, you know, what's their record at the end of this road trip and how they go. But I'm just getting the sense that this organization should pivot to just a full youth development process and just see what happens. Like, I know I know the weaknesses of Deuce. I know that Deuce can struggle against getting by NBA players. But you know what? Sometimes you just, you're at a point where you just, you're going to appreciate his defense, his hustle. Grimes, why is Grimes not in the rotation? I understand certain things, but you just need to evaluate. And I just think this fan base would appreciate more a roster of just going with the youth and living with the results. At the very least, when you do that, you acquire more information and you just know what you need to do in terms of tanking or, or, or just upgrading or upgrading um, or maximizing the value of some of the young players for a, for a trade. In other words, whichever direction you go as a front office, when you pick a direction, you acquire the information you need that allows you to make the next decision in, in, in your process. And right now, I think the way that they're handling it we're going to have, we're going to continue to have these debates night and night about, you know, Rose and Fournier and Randall and like Obi playing 15 minutes and Grimes not in the rotation. <laughs> like, all we've been doing is start We're just going to continue bro. to speculate and we don't know which way we're going because, you know, the head coach wants to win, but you hear rumors that Brock Aller wants to develop, but then Leon wants to get a star. So, like, each way you go, everybody wants something different. So many directions, man. So many directions. Uh, well, Sims this is what you get when you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I think this is a good place to end it, J.D. Unfortunately, we're not able to take calls tonight, but thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in for another Knicks fan TV live post game. All right, Knicks sadly fall to the Golden State Warriors 101 to 111 Golden State Warriors just were able to just just shoot and they were just able to do everything Knicks Knicks defensively couldn't couldn't guard them offensively just struggled to struggle uh, struggle to score as I'm struggling to speak because it's I don't know 1 30 in the morning but thank you all for tuning in but make sure if you we're, we're sponsored by Manscaped all right if you want to get 20% off all Manscaped products just make sure you use the code KFTV all right you get 20% off Manscaped they're a sponsor of the show make sure to support the show and make sure to get Manscaped because come on fellas do you want to be don't, don't you, we gotta make sure you kept down there right make sure you kept no testimonials we don't need none of that all right none of that as CP would say all right but also, make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com or post game where you can find the post game recap by Remy. Remy does his post game recaps 
every day after the game. So you can make sure to go check out there. And we also got some other great writers. We got Chip, Jeff, Mike, Luke, uh, Jalen. I even contribute to the site. We got a lot of good writers over there doing some great stuff. So make sure to check out the website. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. And make sure to share these videos. It just helps us grow as well. And also, JD, happy birthday, bro. I know it's I know it's not here yet, but happy birthday, bro. Thank you. Salute Appreciate to you. It. Great job on doing the broadcast today. And thank you, Knicks Nation, for tuning in. Salute to the mods. Salute to Knicks Nation. Salute to the chat. We'll catch you later. Peace. <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.